Hello, this podcast is called Bittersweet Ramblings because I gave up during the podcast naming process and this was the name that was left. I mean, at least I didn't cry out of frustration when when I was attempting to name it. That's a lie, I teared up a bit. Today, I'm going to talk about the movie The Birds and a bit about the Animal Planet series called Fatal Attractions. So, let's get started. So The Birds, for anyone who has not seen it, is a movie about a woman who flirts with some guy at a pet store over a couple of lovebirds. And then she buys them and surprises him with them at his house, which I'll admit is a little stalkerish. Then she meets a new friend and they bond over both having liked the same guy, who's kind of a Mary Sue in the picture, because everybody likes him and he doesn't make mistakes and I don't get why. Then he meets up with Melanie, and she's attacked by a bird, so she ends up back in the small town where birds attack again, and the killing starts, and people start dying of eye-pecking or heart attacks or falling or something. Now, I'm pretty sure that's the most accurate summary of the birds you're going to hear, but I could be wrong. So what's really interesting to me about the movie The Birds is how it takes something that is mundane, just, you know, birds hanging out, resting on a rooftop or on power lines or on playground equipment, and it makes it alarming. The way that they're able to build suspense over just having a bunch of birds flocking is is really worth a watch. They can take something and make it into a signal that something bad is going to happen. Just using the, the camera angles and using the 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 lighting and music cues, or lack thereof. It basically makes it into a signal that something bad is going to happen, instead of it just being birds that are resting. And in this movie, it doesn't give you any sort of sound reason as to why the birds are attacking people. There's no obvious reason for it. There were a few indicators, but nothing that overtly said, yes, this is what caused it. Which happens more often than not, especially when you're in the moment. Something bad is happening. You know something bad is happening, but you don't know why. And this movie really kind of draws you in a bit. Because they have those indicators, but they don't tell you why. Why the birds are doing it isn't as important as how the people are reacting to what's happening. The bird spends quite a bit of time on some character development. The characters are pretty well drawn out at first so that when something happens, you have a feel for both how they'll react and, you know, some investment in what happens to them. I mean, they're genuinely well thought out characters, except for, you know, when Melanie went into the room filled with birds. That's not super clear why she did that. So now, because of this movie, and others, when I see a murder of crows gathering up along power lines or on rooftops, I choose not to leave the building I'm in unless someone else does. I've seen the birds. I know how this ends. This is basic concern for personal safety. I I don't feel like being attacked by a bunch of murderous, parasite-invested, death-bringing rodents with wings. I mean, they'll descend on you and 
even if you think for sure that you'll survive, you're going to die of some unknown bird flu and become patient zero in a textbook on horrifying things parasites do to your body with full color pictures. Horrifying full color pictures. I mean, they'll like blur your face to protect what little privacy you might have left. I mean, you don't want to be in a medical textbook. That is not the type of textbook or any book that you want to be in. That is what you aim to not be in. Really, the birds is a picture about what we fear from nature. I mean, mostly death, because nature will kill you just for the hell of it, and then, you know, make up for it with a life-changing rainbow or some crap like that. But also the fear of the unknown, because there is so much about nature and so much about the earth that we don't know and don't understand yet. And it's really cool and interesting to figure out new things. And it's really cool and interesting to learn new things and to grow our knowledge base as a society and as people, as individuals. But at night, when it's quiet or when you're in some place that is unfamiliar and by yourself, it's still deeply disturbing to know how much is undiscovered. When your bearings are off or it's, you know, one of those days where things just seem to be not quite right, when you've got nothing but a feeling that something's off, those are those days when you really start to fear the unknown. Just, you know, a little FYI, if you have a feeling that something is off, just go with your gut, period. Those are survival instincts that are built into your brain. Those survival instincts may not be able to get through to your brain in words or in pictures that something is off, but you still need to go with it. Like, especially if you're dealing with people or animals. You, like, don't have to explain. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to excuse yourself. I had a few too many times in high school or college where someone grabbed me in some form or shape and wouldn't let go because I was taught to be nice instead of ignoring them and leaving or telling them to fuck off. And that respect your elders and all that crap, that's bullshit. You're going to have a feel for if someone is okay or not. Follow those instincts. Unless your instincts are telling you that, you know, a sacrifice of your or someone else's bodily fluids to the god of, like, the spotted woodchuck forest is necessary to stop the apocalypse. Really, you know, if, if, if your, your instincts are telling you any other sort of sacrifices to any other forests or trash heaps named after small mammals are necessary, maybe don't follow those instincts. Go to a shrink or a shaman. But the other instincts, listen to those. What the birds has is a really good view of how people react in situations where they don't know what's happening. It shows the reactions that are happening between people who can keep their sort of head on straight in certain situations, or the people who just ride on pure reactions because they're not quite sure how to handle things. It gives a picture of people who think through things and people who are just looking for someone to blame. Now, if the situation were different, these people might have entirely different responses based on what they're dealing with and who is in the situation with them. For example, catch me in the morning without caffeine and my freak out response is going to be way different from a day when I am fully caffeinated. And if I have a couple of kids I'm supposed to be watching freaking out at the same time that the caffeine was lacking, things could go south very, very quickly. I mean, I could be banned from Starbucks because they ran out of muffins. 
And for the record, Muffin Rage is real, it is dangerous, and it should not be discounted. In the movie The Birds, there is this sort of amazing suspense-building scene where Melanie is sitting outside smoking a cigarette, because this is like the 50s and 60s, in front of a school. And the birds just sort of slowly are, are building in number on the playground equipment behind her. Like she's looking out on this beautiful little town, looking forward, and, and they just are just slowly starting to increase in number behind her. And they're just stalking, not just her, but the kids that are in the school and that she's in front of. And the relatively calm way that she and the school teacher try to get the kids to safety based on being as calm as possible and giving instructions is, is one of the best scenes in the movie. And it goes south and the kids, you know, are attacked by the, like, the birds and stuff, but kids generally have enough germs where yeah, they're just building up their immune system, so they'll be fine. And this also shows how the birds is a good story about how women should continue to support women and not chase after guys who think that a bunch of lovebirds are good gifts for their little sisters. Because then you just end up getting attacked by a bunch of improperly caged birds that managed to get into a room that was not properly secured. And, and no, I don't hate all birds. I, I really, really like the cardinals that lived around my last place. A few times during the year in my old place, the power would go out for a day or so. So I'd like play music from my iPod and read and watch, you know, just the outside. There was one time when it was really cold out. The power was still not on and it was just stark white outside from the snow. It was cold, it was getting colder in the house, and I just really wanted the power to come back on so I could warm up a bit. And everyone in the neighborhood was just hunkered down and the snow plows hadn't been through yet. And then out of nowhere, this, this beautiful bright red cardinal came out and it was, you know, frolicking around and moving from tree to tree. And, and it was just beautiful. Just that bright red bird, just, you know, against the snow. It was picture perfect. And I went and I grabbed my phone to take a picture to remind myself just how beautiful and peaceful and wonderful nature could be. Even when it was just bleak outside and cold inside. And I managed to get a wonderful couple of pictures of a hawk ripping the cardinal to shreds and eating it. Because apparently I can't recognize the difference between a cardinal frolicking and a cardinal fleeing for its life. Because some birds are a fucking nightmare, especially birds that aren't cardinals. And because nature really sucks sometimes. And there are all sorts of stories about people keeping animals and the animals turning on them. I'm still waiting for the bird episode. I mean, just give it time. Someone's going to be killed by their birds if they haven't been already. One show that I have been watching is the show Fatal Attractions, which was on Animal Planet for a few seasons. It was about people who want to keep these animals. They're, they're pretty much all exotic animals that can be really deadly. And they keep them in their home or in their properties. And there are like way too many deadly snakes. Also, they had people who were like really into like big murderous cats and like, you know, fucking monkeys. 
I think it was mostly snakes because they're just easier to hide. People can keep them in their homes without notice. You know, shove them in a closet or something. I'm not saying I recommend shoving a bunch of snakes in your closet, but they can do it on a plane, they can do it in a closet. So I personally have two cats. They are domestic house cats that I have had for almost 20 years. I fully acknowledge that if something happens to me and I become partially paralyzed at any point in time in my home, my cats will eat half my face off. Not because they are out of food, just because my face is closer to them than their food bowl and they're lazy. It's inconvenient to walk down a flight of stairs, so they're just gonna, you know, eat my nose off or something. Or, you know, they're just really bored. And then I would be known as the cat lady with half a face who, you know, drank too much champagne one night and woke up bleeding. And it wouldn't be like Catwoman and Batman. It'd be more like, you know, Two-Face, but not into the whole likes crime thing and more into self-pity and feeling bad for myself. And my cats are relatively domesticated. Fatal Attractions is about a bunch of people who are showing off their, you know, power or their authority over deadly animals. And really, it's to show how in control and powerful they are. They, they turn basic animal ownership into a power trip to feed their egos. And it really is a power thing. So many of them are trying to show how strong or powerful or intelligent or at one with the animals or revered they should be by, by having these creatures. Too many of them just seem to be like those teenagers who have like sword collections that they want to show off to everybody. Now I appreciate zookeepers and biologists and people who study wildlife as long as they don't keep it in their living room. And I'm not talking about the sanctuaries where they have enough funds to, to keep the animals fed and housed appropriately since, you know, since they would not do well in the wild after being raised by humans. I'm concerned about what some of my neighbors may have stored in, you know, their basement, you know, snake room. Because I've seen the way that some of the people around here train their dogs. They're dogs who they don't keep on a leash and just sort of, you know, explain to you that they're friendly after they've taken a run at you when you're getting your mail. So the last thing I would do is trust one of my neighbors with snakes or tigers or horrifying little monkeys. They, they really get off on the whole power thing. It's the whole, oh, well, you're scared of the animal that I am not only not scared of, but understand and control. Look at my my authority on this. Look at the look at the reflected glory I have for being able to control this animal. The animal is beautiful and enchanting, and therefore so am I. It gives them this sort of incredible sense of control. You know, this was something that could kill me, but I survived and now I control it. My day job is a clerk, but at home I am super special and can handle a dangerous creatures that very few people can handle. And I handle them at home. I don't need to have a separate facility. And I do it better than all those other people who are trained for it. And then they start to buy into their own hype. And they... Even when things start to get, like, horribly out of control. Hey, I have a hundred vipers in my basement. I'm pretty sure there's nothing that can go wrong. They... 
they still decide that they've made the right choice and that they know what they're doing. It's sort of one of those life decisions that they don't want to back away from. Hey, there's a bunch of animals here that can murder me in my sleep, but no, I made the right choice. And the buy-in that they have just becomes complete. It takes something drastic to change them from that path if they're even able to deviate at all. People telling them that they have made the wrong decision just tends to make them dig in more because nobody wants to be openly called out for making a wrong decision or, you know, admitting that they were wrong or, or that they didn't have control of a situation in front of others. Especially if it's people that you have to deal with every day. The whole, you know, in movies they'll have this big dramatic sort of speech where they tell the person off and then they change their ways or they feel better about it. Yeah, save that drama for the movies. If, if you want to start to convince someone, you have to start quiet and you have to let them think it through. And then sometimes you can get through and sometimes you can't. Because like these fatal attraction people, there's a good chance they might have someone encouraging them to keep doing what they're doing. They'll have some sort of hangers-on who want their own sort of reflected glory. The, well, I have a friend who... those type of people. What kills me about these shows is that when something goes, like, horribly wrong, if they survive or if whoever was attacked survives, they turn it into their own personal I survive stories that they pass on to all their friends. And then they, they do this sort of big explanation that it wasn't the animal's fault because at this point, they're so invested in their control over these animals that it's, it's an extension of themselves. And then hearing about others who were, who were killed or attacked or assaulted seems to bring out the superiority complex of these listeners. Oh, they did it wrong. I do it the right way, but, you know, they did it wrong. I'm smarter than them. I'm better than them. They, they never really account it to just being luck because there's a lot of luck involved with that as well. It's their own personal brand of celebrity. They, they may or may not feel that they're able to shine on their own, but, but they can use the animals they have to sort of reflect that glory. Now, I mean, I get this, like everyone wants to believe that, you know, you're special. It's, it's been sort of drummed into people from day one that since we were young, that we need to stand out in some way. And honestly, we all have something that's going to be a little bit different from everyone else. It's probably not obvious, but it is something like your little special something that you can hold on to. And it doesn't have to be dramatic or theatric or dangerous, you know. And it's, it's better if it's not because really drama is overrated. You just, you know, need to take that something special that's about you and, and you hold tight to it and you'd be happy. But if it is a piece of jewelry or something like that and you're standing outside, you're gonna wanna hold on to it really tight because otherwise a bird will probably grab it. Because birds, in addition to being just parasite infested, you know, they're thieves too. Except for the cardinals. Nobody can say anything bad about those little red feathered bits of jewelry. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening, and have a good night. <laughs>